Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Teacher Talk, a podcast for like-minded educators. Today, I'm joined by Jermaine Anderson, who is, I'm going to have to be ready to read this biography, because <laughs> it, it, there's a lot here, there's a lot here. Every, okay. Jermaine is currently a senior leader of assessment and reporting in charge of key stage four maths, but has also been a head of maths. And you've had quite a lot of roles, actually. Straight out of uni, Jermaine did his PGCE. And in his first placement school, he became a numeracy manager at the school, then became head of key stage four, then moved to his current school as head of maths. And currently he is now in SLT with his teaching ethos being rooted in mutual respect and effort, always pushing the students to be good people, treat each other well and give their very best in each lesson. In turn, he is always honest with students and does everything he can to help them achieve their goals. Da -da -da -da! <laughs> so, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> let me let me act, let me act correctly and put my teacher voice on. Okay, welcome. No, no, no. Be calm, be calm, be calm. Holidays, holidays. <laughs> welcome. I'm doing my fist of solidarity. No, you know, and I'm, I can't. You know, my maths placement, my maths placement isn't good. So you've been teaching for, is it 80? <laughs> you know oh, I think it's safe to say, I think it's safe to say you're, you know, I would never guess you're a maths teacher. I think that's safe to say. I've been, I've been my seventh year at the moment. Ooh, I think that's me. I think that's me, you know, because September will be my eighth. I swear. Yeah, it's been a. Do you know yeah, what? It's, it's been, been a long, been a long time. It's been when a long I think time. About it, it's been a long time, and I feel like I remember when I first started teaching. I, my mom sent me a video recently of me teaching a song during my PGCE. Yeah. And I was just like, "What? What is going on? What's going on? Like a completely different person now completely. to where you were before." just a completely different person now to, you know, when you think back to when I first started teaching and I was like doing my PGC and I was watching, you know, when you go and watch your mentor and like other people in the department teach. And I was just like, oh my God, they make that look so easy. Everyone's listening. There's no child even off task. And then you then take over and then you get your feedback and you're like, oh, that person was off task. That it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like now, eight years in, I feel like I've got it. It just flies by, man. It just flies by. Like I think of, I always think about where I was at the beginning. I don't really look at your resources. Like, when I look at the lessons I used to teach back in the day, yeah, I look at them now. I'm just like, I used to think I was really good back then. I used to look at them now and I'm thinking, what is this? Like, what is this? Like some, I don't know. How the kids were engaged, I don't even know, because this just looks boring. It just you can just tell that I've just read from a book. I just copy and paste, and like, there's no real flair, no, yeah, no, not a lot of me in it. But yeah, time flies by, and you find your style, and yeah, you find you find where you're at with the kids, and 
Yeah. You manage to do what you what you need to do for them in your own way, just like you, your mentors did back in the day. So yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. I have to ask you because you know, with me and my subjects, naturally, they're just creative, they're big subjects, you know, where there's like energy. I mean, you can obviously have a, like a boring music and drama lesson, but you know, in maths, it's like for me, you're not going to see me take a pen out in my lesson because yeah, yeah. that's not how drama works. But what, how do you make maths interesting? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to all the people out there. Like, don't get me wrong. I love maths. And I think what I've realized over the years is, I can't make maths like, like music or PE. You can try to do things to make it a bit more interactive. I think that's as best as you can go. Like, you do, like, group stuff and, you know, yeah. try to switch up. Have some days where you take them to a computer room or you do something, you know, like a fun game. But all in all, especially with, like, where, like, the GCSE is now and the A-levels, there's so much content, there's so much problem-solving, there's so much that just needs to be done so that they can achieve that unfortunately sometimes it doesn't leave a lot of room to do a lot of like those yeah. kind of funner activities if you get one because you're spending so much time making sure that they can understand. And I think what I've realised with maths is the kids will find it fun if their teacher is a fun person. Yeah. So if their teacher is like an interactive, a jokey person, you know, like someone who's, you know, just cool with the kids and just not like their friend, but also like just firm but fair. I think if kids respect that and they're doing well, then they find maths fun in turn, if that makes sense. Like, that, that's kind of what I've realised from looking at, like, myself and just teachers over the years. Like, the more they engage with the teacher and the more kind of, like, they feel like they are achieving and learning in that lesson, mm. then they find it fun naturally because they have to do well in maths to move on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, within, obviously, you know, in the UK, like, if you fail maths at 16, you have to keep doing it to you. Yeah, you have to keep doing it. And the kids need it to do like science or to do, you know, maths or mm. to do like, you know, I mean, they need to get a good grade in it. So automatically in a way, kind of, they just think, you know, the fun aspect almost comes from doing well, not from really the activity itself. I'm not going to lie here and say like, yeah, maths is a, is a song and dance. It's not, it's just not. It's, do you know, I always say to my friends who teach like the core subjects, if you, if I was a core subject teacher, please don't look at in my books because I feel like me naturally as a person, I'd be like, Right, everyone, let's all stand up and use our bodies to do <laughs> stuff. Or let's act out this play and explore the themes through acting. But I think, you know, in a secondary school setting anyway, especially like with, you know, with our, your subject and then like my subject, there's that attitude that students have anyway, especially when they're in year nine. Like I think you probably don't see it because you're, you've got a core subject, but you know kind of what we, we deal with as like music and non, well, the non-core teachers with that. Oh, I'm not doing it for GCSE. Yeah. I'm not doing it for, yeah, I'm not doing it for GCSE. I don't need it anymore. So I think we have different challenges as teachers mm. because like maths, everyone takes it seriously, especially I've noticed teaching here now my former in year nine, and if they've got a science or maths test in the morning, they're literally frantic, everything stops, they don't want to even yeah. do the form time activities, or even like people that teach maths or science or English, they're in demand for like tutoring. It's that 
it's worldwide where it's that serious attitude. Mm. But with you being SLT, I know you're in charge of like key stage four, like you're still in charge of like maths as your SLT role, isn't it? So it's, it's weird. Basically, when I was head of maths, I was in charge of key stage four and five, as well as doing head of maths. And then when I moved to SLT... <laughs> Do you know what? When you say that, I'm just thinking of the workload because what you've just, I know people who aren't teachers are listening, like, oh, yeah, yeah. But you know, us teachers are like, that is three people. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's three people's job. It's a lot. In my last school, in my last school, that was three people's job. This school, obviously, it's just not the same. Let me just say that. So, um, yeah, I was running head of maths, doing head of key stage four and five. Um, And then when I moved to SLT, the person who kind of took over from me as head of maths, I kind of just, you know, made it very clear that, you know, it's going to be hard for that person to do three roles because that person is, was head of Key Stage 3 and he was going to be the head of maths and then him take on Key Stage 5 as well. Like, I was just explaining how difficult it is. So I stayed with Key Stage 4. Um, he's doing head of maths in Key Stage 3 and then we hired and then we got another person internally to head of Key Stage 5. So I still do head of Key Stage 4 for maths, but I'm also in charge of, like, assessment and reporting across the school in all subjects, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So not actual exams, so public exams, somebody else in charge of that, so 11 to 13 stuff. But in terms of the assessment cycles, the reporting across all of the other year groups in all other subjects, all of that, that's kind of my remit as well. So, yes, it's, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot because... It's a crazy If you... You know, because you always say you're going to be... Well, you've told me you're going to be a head teacher. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still... <laughs> This year is maybe big again, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I when I become the director of performing arts at your school, mm. sounds like the director of performing arts at your school, and your head teacher, you're my like SLT line manager. How can you how would you ensure that like my subject or like just that non-core subject is heard and seen? And given that importance, sorry, it sounds like an int- <laughs> <laughs> How would you? How would you be paying me for doing it? How would you pay how me? How would you it? see this? Nah. How would you drive the arts? <laughs> it sounds like an interview. It, it does. It does. It does. I hope we'll get a good salary at the end of this. But um, nah. Do you know what it is? It's you've kind of hit the nail on the head. There are things that are just clear. Like for example, in your nine, that tail off of like. They're not picking it for GCSEs and, you know, that kind of natural drop-off from the students not really wanting to engage. And I think it's about trying to do things to make them engage for longer. So, like, in year seven and eight, I think as long as there's as many things within performing Mm. arts that kind of try to infuse the students to really want to do it, to really want to do that subject, whether that be plays and, you know, really getting the whole school on board and doing a lot of, like, whole school activities within performing arts... If that happens, then normally the kids kind of grow the love yeah, for the subject. And then the more that they grow the love for the subject is the more that throughout year nine, because really we're talking seven to nine here, isn't it? Because when you get 10 to 11, mm. because that I want to do performing arts subjects, they do it, it. yeah. Else. So really, this is really about making sure that in year seven, year seven to nine, that's where they really try to grow the love for performing arts. So you, you make sure that they, make sure number one, that they're always doing it. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, as I know, Kids, as the schools have been kind of getting more pressure with the EBAC 8, Progress 8, all that stuff, 
a lot of the performing arts subjects are taking hits with, mm. with how many times a week that they even do it. In Being on a rotation. Precisely. So number one is making sure that the lessons are actually happening. That's number one. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you know, you know, as well as I do, it's tough. But then number two is just making sure that you're, you know, really making a, a real effort to push whole school, that kind of vision and love for performing yeah. arts subjects. And the more that you do that is the more kids will stay engaged for longer. And obviously the, the more that kids will pick it for GCSEs and no, exactly. doing it. Because, you know, there's, I, I hate what the government have done with this EVAC stuff. Oh. I hate it. Because it's like, you just basically said, like, these subjects are here. And then and the others are, are down here. here. Where it's like, not being funny, but there's going to be loads of mass graduates that go on, hmm. you know, get okay jobs, and, you know, they may earn 60, 70, 80 grand. But then somebody, there'll be a fantastic artist in an art gallery that sell a piece that sell a painting for about two million. Yeah. And then that, that person who, who's there getting their A stars and A's in math, which one would you rather be at that point? Yeah, it's, it's true. It's, I think it's that, you know, even though I've been, I've worked like abroad now and then I've worked at home in like in the city schools, the teachers, we're still singing the same songs in terms of, you know, lesson time, just like it should, you know, like, are we having our one hour a week or just, you know, when, because sometimes easily, for example, like once you get to year 12, I've personally not even been able to teach A-level because students aren't, it's not even there, being given there as an option to mm. then even select. So that means then we're losing out on it as teachers or sometimes it's been a case where children aren't even picking it for GCSE. So I feel like then you kind of have, to, it's like that kind of soft blow. I feel like as, creators you're used to anyway because if you like going to auditions or you're doing competitions yeah. like that um rejection but it kind of hurts like as teachers where you're like wait no one's picking my subject but then we're really lucky where like um my current school this year um for drama we've actually got 20 students doing GCSE mm-hmm. drama which doesn't actually sound like a lot really but it is actually a lot like we're having to split that we're like now having the next fight that we're trying to do is like that should actually be two year 10 classes not just one like you can't have 20 kids like in one room like the GCSC drum like let's put that but I think that's like you know that's through what we've been doing in the curriculum like making sure that we're making it engaging we're giving them opportunities we've got extra curricula yeah. So I think it's that thing, it's that never-ending job that we have as teachers. I think a lot of people think what we're doing is just in the classroom, but it's not. It's like the booster sessions, the Saturdays, the rehearsals, like putting in EEs, that sometimes you're like, wait, when do I actually get to stop? Yeah, <laughs> you, don't, you don't ever stop. That's the question. That's the, and that's the reality. Like, And that's, I'm not going to lie, you know how you're talking about, I know you're going to be a teacher one day, like... <laughs> <laughs> I've learned now because when I when I took on my role as key stage four, even then, like I started to realize this time in terms of on the year never stops because even like year eleven leave and then you're already planning what's yeah. happening your next year's year ten. You know, you come back in the summer and you're there on GCSE results day. Yeah, you're analyzing the data and then thinking about okay, what's what we're going to do next year. Yeah, so that was just key stage four. And then when you do that as head of maths, now you're doing that for you all of your year elevens and your year thirteens. You know what I mean? You're doing it for yeah. two lots of public exams. When you're SLT, you're doing that on a whole school. And, you know, when yeah. you're head teacher, there's all other stuff to think about, you know, like staffing, you know, mm. people who have left and all that kind of stuff and just 
you know, September will come or October will come and you're already thinking about the admissions for next year for yeah. year seven. You know, there's so many things it's that like, we never stop. We never, never stop. Because we've started doing our calendar for next year, like for performing arts because SLT are doing the whole school calendar. And some people are like, wait, it's only April, but no, it's not like I'm going to start my auditions for my musical that I'm doing in December because you're like, right, mm. I need to know the cast. Then there's going to be people that naturally drop out because like, it's international school. Some mm. children might not come back in September. So then I've got to try and like make sure I've got then enough. Like it's constant. Like even we had just finished a whole two weeks of performances and we're already talking, even while we were doing this, we're like, right, what are we doing next? Like, What's next? You need to think about what we've been planning for next year. Like, yeah. this term three, you think it's winding down? Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's one of the biggest terms. Oh, yeah. This, this, term is, this term is big. I don't know. Every term is big. Term one. <laughs> every term is mad. Because term one, you're getting to know your kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I just <laughs> it's like winter is coming and it's long. We're tired. Like, it's, you know, it's dark. Like, and then obviously you come back after January, there's a lot of like preparation, gearing yeah. up for public exams. And then when you get to that term three, it's like, yes, the kids that are going through summer exams, public exams, whatever, you're supporting them. But then like you just said, you start planning for next year. So yeah. the reality is it never stops. And yeah, it's like me and my, a lot of my colleagues who was talking just about, you know, particularly those that have got like in charge, in charge of particular things like, You'll be in bed thinking about, bro, have I done everything that I'm supposed to be doing for tomorrow? Oh, like, just, it'll, be, it'll be like 11 p.m. I'm lying down. <laughs> I should be just, you know, relaxing. I'm, re- I'm still thinking about work. It's just... It's Even not- sometimes I will send myself an email with like a to-do list because I've thought yeah. about it in bed or even like where I'm like, even some of the things like, wait, I said I was going to give that class chart point to that kid. <laughs> I didn't add it. So let me do that first thing in the morning and you're like even in the shower you're like wait so wait this it doesn't stop it's tiring it's tiring it's like continuous it's like a treadmill just every it's just it's like never stops that conveyor belt never stops and you know what it's so difficult to try to balance that with a normal life and try not to lose yourself do you know what I mean try not to lose yeah. who you are because teaching naturally is you just continuously giving you're always giving to somebody whether it be to SLT, governors, yeah. kids, parents. There's always somebody to give to. And it's like, it can be tough to not lose yourself in that. Do you get what I mean? How do you try not do that? So do you, I feel like work-life balance is just not necessarily thing that, you know, when you're seeing now, like after the whole pandemic, where there's people like working from home and they're like, yeah, I'm just going into the office one or two days a week. Or, you know, when I see um, people on Twitter like, it's so nice to start your day at 6am because you get to have a really slow morning. And I'm like, there's a slow morning. If I'm trying to have a slow morning, that means I'm waking up at four or five, which is not possible. Like I remember for a while I was trying to do the gym in the morning before school. And I was just getting to work about like one o'clock. I was crashing. And I was like, I've still got like hours, but how do you, find balance especially like in a SLT role uh, uh, I'm not gonna lie I don't really have balance like I'm just quite fortunate that God has blessed me being able to not really sleep much and, and still be productive so like I try and do what you do I try like I found it really difficult this half term 
But in general, I'm normally in the, I normally wake up like 4.45, go gym at like five, maybe like three times a week. And then obviously I get to school for about 7.15, base up to about 8.30, 8, 8.45. And yeah, I'm, most of the time I'm working till about six, seven. Yeah. So like, yeah, just normal, like 60. I've just been working 60 hour weeks for so long. Just kind of used to it now. It's, it's, it's not healthy. I know it's not healthy, but you know, you just got, luckily I've got, my wife is really understanding. She's amazing. Like, so she, she, she doesn't really mind that, say I have to come over with my laptop yeah. just working. Um, but, you know, try to spend as much time on the weekends with friends, you know, do what, do what you love to do. I like mm-hmm. going out, you know, going out, drinking and partying, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> It's just, it's just not stopping that. You have to not stop. And you, it's have, like, you have to keep, you have to keep, even if it's a concert in the evening. Like I, I have actually, um, not here, but when I was like in London, I would get changed like in the drama cupboard and just like power through. I don't know what, what I was on. I was just like, I just got to go, just got to power through. I remember like loads of us once after work, like we all went to this, to Spice Girls. So there's like loads of us going mm. And you just have to keep, bizarrely, because you do miss out, because sometimes when I first started teaching, like those early years, and I would cancel on friends because I was so tired. And I was like, wait, they are working. so." But it's like, you're so right where you said that you give yourself, like we give ourselves, um, give so much of ourselves, like in the school day as well. Like even, you know, I've got, especially with music, like kids are in the room, every yeah. minute of the day like I've seen you know for some kids like break time it's like right I'm going to go and play the piano but it's all yeah, like yeah, yeah. go off and do something we have to then before you know it you're actually then on duty because like yeah sometimes like before I'm like well I've not even had time to go to the toilet or just check my messages and just like have five minutes and then you're boom you're like into the next lesson it sounds it sounds crazy right but and this is gonna sound so harsh but I'm just gonna be honest I almost feel like when you get into teaching there's a couple of things you have to consider it's like number one how much sleep do you really need a day because if you need if you if you, eight or nine. If, you cause if you if you if you need like if you need like eight hours of sleep every day like you know what I mean to function it's gonna to be tough to it either do hard. one or two things it's gonna to be tough to either be a good teacher or to have a social life like you just have to be a person who survives with like six hours sleep if you, you have can to do survive that. on vibes. There's actually parts where you're just surviving on vibes because... Just vibes. Like, you have to just... Because otherwise, like, you're not going to have a life. And if you don't have a life, you're just going to get, like, sad. Yeah. And depressed in the world because it's just, like, you're teaching non-stop. And if you try to have too much of a life, you're not going to be doing what you need to do as a teacher. So it's like... Like you say, I think it's, got, it's just got to a point where it's like, you know what? I don't care if I'm tired. I'm about to go out tonight. I'm about to go spend time with friends. I'm about to go, you know, see people and... You know, you can rest later. Do you get what I mean? Just because enjoy yourself. You need it because we're actually around. I, I love my. I actually do love the kids that I teach. Oh, but same. we're they're kids that you know. You just want to be. You want to have some adult banter, not even like with the colleagues. Love them, but you know, just <laughs> people like yeah. you just want to drop drop the chat. Like you just want to relax, drop your shoulders, relax your jaw with your people, and just like chat like exactly exactly and you know being a teacher you know it's you know how you know how it is but especially for like us do you get what i mean in terms of, <laughs> <laughs> do 
<laughs> so, I mean, it's, you might have as many, you might have, like, you know, love colleagues, great, and whatever, but you might have as many people that kind of can relate to where mm. you're from and can kind of discuss things on the level that you're used to discussing things at home, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, if you really are spending all your time at work, especially for, like, you know, a person of colour, it's, it, it's, it's it can, if you're spending all your time, sorry, at work, a person of colour can be tough. It's, because you yeah, might ever feel like you're, you've got that time that you're comfortable, where you're at your most comfortable. Mm. I don't say that you're not comfortable at work because you are. Like, my colleagues are great and I can laugh with them, I can joke with them, whatever, and I can talk about life, but just not on the same level as I could talk yeah. to, you know, you know, my loved ones about us at times and, you know, people that I've grown with for a long time. So, yeah. How have you found it being a black male teacher over the years? And now you're in a girls' school as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just laughing because when you said when you first told me you were at a girls' school, I was laughing because you were like, Rihanna, just it just sounds high pitch. Like <laughs> it's just so loud. It's just loud. <laughs> it's just loud. But you know what? I don't mind them loud because I always say because have a great time. As long as you're not disrespecting anybody and you know, this is the best time of your life. So just be loud, enjoy yeah. yourself. You know what I mean? Um, you know, when it's time to shush, shush, but other than that, enjoy yourself. Um, but you know what it is? Okay, it's weird because I feel like I had a very distorted view of teaching when I walked in. Mm. Because my first apartment, I was in a, I was in a master apartment that had like four or five old black people in it. Wow. Which is crazy, right? And I always just assumed, and because my, my first school was so big, it was very departmental based. Like obviously we would come together, but there was like 18 people in my department and like four or five, and like, and then like four or five of them were black, including me. So you can imagine that like, I felt really, you know, like, right, this is this is fine. Hey. This, is, this is this is this is normal. And like the people that weren't black, I think because of a lot of them had grown up in West London, mm. you know, a lot of them were kind of around from around the area. So talking to them was very easy. Do you get what I mean? It was all very relatable, that kind of London feel. Like the school I'm in now, however, <laughs> I think there's like three or four black teachers, period, in the school. Um, I, I might be wrong on that, but I feel like when I got there, there was me, um, two other black female teachers um, that were head of science and head of MFL. And I think there's a few more black teachers I've been hired recently. But when I first got there, I think there was like three or four, and then there was a couple of supply teachers who were, who were black. So, yeah, it was very strange. Most of them, most people are then just white and Asian from there. Um Ooh. I'm not going to lie, it's been tough. It's been tough. And um, when that whole stuff, when everything happened, you know, like Black Lives Matter and, yeah. you know, and George Floyd and all of that, and people are kind of looking at you like, so, you know, and I have to say my school was amazing. Like the SLT, there wasn't a black person there at the time. Mm-hmm. But when I tell you that they, I was like, I was kind of overwhelmed with how, how seriously they took it. Mm. I think I was telling you at the time, like, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, you know, they were probably inviting middle leaders in for discussions all the time and talking about how they can make a change and asking to feed opinions. And, you know, it, it was a very safe space around that time. And that's the one thing that I would love my current school for. They were, they were great around that time with inclusivity. And now they do a lot of stuff with diversity with the kids. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because I feel like, you know, like my sister's school are really great at doing that. My sister's done a lot of stuff doing that at her school because I feel like that, was two that's been a solid good two years ago now and mm-hmm. at the height of it I remember like there was a lot of chats online with the unions they were doing talk schools were doing things then some schools have either kind of died down or they've kind of continued 
to do that work. And I know some of my friends' schools, they've continued to do that work because it's, it wasn't just a phase. It was something where it's going to be that, if you think about everything that's happened now, we've had child mm-hmm. queue, we've had just random other things popping up still because racism doesn't have an expiry date. Like there are things that happen all the time. But what can schools do just in general, even like for our kids, for our black teachers, like how can they create more safe spaces for us? Because things might, things just pop up, don't they? Like it might even be something from another staff member or even a student or a parent. Like how can we create those spaces? You know what, it's so tough, but I almost feel like what, what schools need to do is also not put too much pressure on the black members of staff to almost be like the saviors of mm. diversity and inclusivity because I think number one there needs to be black more black teachers period oh definitely um, because you know I don't think I, don't, I think staff find it our staff who aren't black they find, they find it difficult to understand the continuous trauma that black people have on a day to day basis like when we were when I was asked about a lot of the Black Lives Matter stuff um, you know and you know how do you know black people feel in society and all of that and I was like look love the fact that you're even opening up this conversation but you need to understand how deep this runs like being a black kid in school what do we even learn about being black in yeah, school it's true. You know what I mean like outside outside of you get your own black history month most of that black history month is, is referring to like slavery mm. you know you don't really you're not, you're not, there's not that much talk about success of black people mm. really there is a there's a bit there's a bit yeah, but there's a lot a of bit. I, I guarantee you there's no school that black history month comes out where slavery isn't mentioned somewhere mm. and it's like that in itself is trauma. Do you get what I mean? As in, so understanding that for kids and kids who aren't really, in, you know, maybe not how don't know exactly how to like compartmentalize and explain yeah. what they're feeling. There's a lot of almost like, you know, I think they find it tough to almost see that people are seeing them for who they are without judgment. And I think, and I think, yeah, this number one is really about creating safe space for black teachers to go and speak their truth about how they're yeah. feeling. And the more comfortable that you can make black teachers in doing that is the more comfortable they will feel then in turn to create that safe space for black children, if you get what I mean. Yeah, so it really has to start, it has to start top down, I think, in my opinion. Like, and it has to I think sometimes SLT as well. It has to. It has to be top down. It has to be. It has to be. If the person at the top does it, you don't feel like you can really speak openly and honestly with mm-hmm. them, what's going to make you think that you can do, you know, certain types of activities and because there's a lot of fear about being black you know I, yeah, I know as a black as a, as, there's a lot of fear like I always said to my manager he, he was like I was like look it's 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 worrying because you have to go and you have to you, you have to kind of code switch sometimes to, to not come across the way that you know mm-hmm. that, that black people are portrayed in the media do you get what I mean it's true uh, it's, do you know what I've noticed that as well when um, obviously like my school it is very international so I've got students from like Lebanon like in my class you'll see like um, Lebanon, Jordan, Nigeria, China, Korea like so it is very international but I've been having this thing with like my students especially like my older ones where they have been watching Top Boy yeah. uh, they're like Miss London and it and the way like their version now of London is so warped because they've watched Top Boy. 
So the kind of things that they're trying to come out with now, I'm having to actually say to them, well, actually, I'm from London, and luckily my school is probably one of the most diverse I've worked at um, in terms of I've, there's a lot of black female teachers, there's some black male teachers, then obviously you've got like Arabic teachers, but it's I've been able to find a lot of other teachers who look like me, just like in this school setting, which is so daunting, like, coming abroad with teaching being such a white profession anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said to them, look, that is one version. There's multiple versions. So like actually trying to educate yourself, like look at me, then I've you know shown them, especially when we did like Black History Month, I did a whole Black History Month week where I used the theme of what Black History Month was. I can't remember what it was. Um, no, Be Proud. Be proud, mm. I think it was. So, you know, talking about that, I was trying to um, highlight so many achievements and success of black people because it's even true, like, as um, the view of us kind of even worldwide is really different as well. Like, it's so we, we have that battle, I think, daily, which can actually be drained. Like, I think. When I think back to some years I've had as teach as a teacher, it's been mm. so draining. Actually, not being a teacher, but being a black teacher—just things that you're seeing happening to you know—we know what goes down in school. So, like child care, mm. for example, that wasn't surprising to me because we know how some of these people stay when it comes to black kids, even when it's the way they get told off differently, like the discipline yeah. sanctions that are given to them. And I used to find it really draining being a black teacher, like kind of on the side, having to witness that because I didn't, I'm, you know, I'm not a head of year. I'm not like a head of department. I don't necessarily have that authority when it gets to other um, sides of discipline. You know, like when you're going up, you know, there's mm-hmm. a suspension or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. a black child getting suspended or all of those things we have to watch not necessarily as a black teacher, but we're watching it as a black person. Like, oh, and you're an adult, so can you an imagine? Adult. You must, and you, so you have to. That's what I was saying about creating a safe space for adults. Because if adults have to feel like that, and how draining and how tiring it is, and the continuous feeling that you have to prove yourself. Because let's be honest, if there's not a lot of people in there that look like you, mm. then it, and you had it. Kind of is just naturally the case that. Most of the people in leadership probably don't interact with black people yeah, on, but that level as, on, on that level as much as, say, you know, you and your friends would. So it gets to that point. And so then, you know, nobody wants to be racist. You know, I think that most of the world, nobody wants to be racist. Mm. But if all you're seeing about a particular group of people are things that are being portrayed in like media, you know, and all of these kind of things, newspapers, all of that, not naturally, when you come in contact with, uh, with, with that type of person, mm-hmm you're going to go in there with some form of unconscious bias, you know what I mean? And as adults, we have to deal with that. Yeah, so if you can't, if the, if the adults can't feel like they can deal with it, you can't expect them to then in turn mm. help the kids deal with it because the kids actually don't even understand their emotions a lot of the time as well. They just feel like, bro, why is it I'm always in detention but this kid's not? Mm. And then they get, they're probably, unfortunately, getting some trauma put down on them from some of their elders when they're at home. Because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, our parents... Would have, have gone through a way different type of trauma. Oh my gosh, they've like, done a whole different. I don't know how they've. I don't know how, I don't, exactly, exactly. So it's like, 
I think it's, it's so important that there are more people in schools that look like us because mm. we need to, there needs to be people that can understand every, you know, different types of children and the way they're acting and the background and why they're acting the way they're acting. And then also, it kind of allows you as well to hold kids that are acting a certain way accountable. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the time there's some black students who, you know, are, are badly, you know, behaving badly. And they can kind of use that as a crutch of like, you know what, there's no one here that looks like me, they're judging me for this. And it's like, wait, I can see you now. Me and you yeah. are, you know, <laughs> we, 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 we're the same people here. So if I'm putting you up on this, you know it's because of this, mm. not because of some external, you know, unconscious bias judgment. Yeah. That <laughs> <can see around. laughs> Do you get what I mean? And I've actually found that really good with black kids, like having, they can have someone that's black that can hold them accountable and they know, yeah. Yeah. literally hold them accountable for their... That's that ish. You get what I mean? I'm not doing it yeah. for anything else. I'm holding them accountable for their behavior. And I think it, it turns them around. It helps them a bit better. So, Definitely. Um, yes. Some of the things that I've loved, I've loved encountering black students. I love yeah. it. Do you know, I actually love um, teaching. I mean, I love teaching all children. I love all of children. Course, of course. Yeah, yeah I love it. I love teaching black children because. There's just some magic there. Like, I don't know what it is. Even when I think back to when, like, I didn't have that many black teachers, but when I think back to the ones that I had, I just felt so safe. I felt like, you know, that's the kind of environment I like to create in my classroom as well, where it's just safe. Everyone feels like, you know, especially like with music and drum, we do, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even in my department, we said the other day, we do actually ask a lot from students, like, yeah. subjects where it's like you need to stand properly you need to have a big face on you you need to not talk not look this way look straight ahead don't do this don't do that so we do actually ask a lot of students in those subjects but you know even like I had I was saying to myself the other day like oh wait in this in my lessons like I'm getting kids to perform like I'm actually I want them to do this that and the other but in order to do that you know which I've done so well over the years is I have to make them feel safe because yeah. if they're made, you know, not everyone wants to perform a whole scene. That's not, drama is not for everyone, but yet it is on their timetable. But I think it's that thing where you make them feel safe. Like I had one student at the start of the year where she was so afraid to even put her hand up and answer a question to where we are now, where she's doing a full-on improvised scene to the whole class. And I'm like, you know, I even say to her like, on the side, like, take a side, I'm like, you've done so well. Like, look at you now. Like, you're answering questions. I'm not even having to ask you. And you're performing straight away. You're not even thinking about it. So, so it's, it's all of that... Um, that making vulnerability, them making them feel comfortable. Because I think it's... So important. I know, yeah, we have to te- we've got so much content to teach you. There's so much that we have to get through as teachers by the end of the year. But I think the things that are so important is vulnerability, like actually encouraging students to be vulnerable, whether they're getting that from us. Like, even if I've made a mistake, even if I'm making a mistake when I'm, like, demonstrating a piece on, like, mm. the piano, like, I own it. I'm like, oh, oh, Miss Palmer, like, and then I move on or even if I've got a piece of information wrong, like, I own that. Like, I think it's so important for us to be vulnerable, like, around students, like, especially, like, how do you do that, especially as a male? 
with mm. all of the things that society says, especially like about black men, how do you like encourage or like be vulnerable around students, oh. especially in a girl school setting? Because <laughs> I just need, I need to see what it's like as, because you know, like my friends that teach at like, girls schools, like they love it. They're like, it's just so chill. Like we're around girls. Like, you know, it's just, you know, even as a like female teacher, even if like your top's not buttoned up properly, like around boys, that's like a commotion. But with girls, they're not even noticing. They're just like you look however you look, because it's all girls. But what is it like? Just like being yourself, like encouraging different emotions as a male in a girls. Oh, wow! Okay, it's it's a it's a really you know just like you said, the key to making kids like be the best version of them is making them feel comfortable. And the more relatable you are with the kids, that, that's obviously a little bit easier job. Um, while I was in my first school, I found that quite easy because obviously it was a mixed school, boys and girls. Yeah. So you kind of, I don't know, you kind of just connect with the different, you know, the different genders in different ways. So, you know, it just it's just about finding what they're interested in and showing them that, you know, I'm to, I too, I'm a human. You know, kids yeah. actually don't feel like teachers are human a lot of the time. Like you say, you, you say music artist, they'll be like, you listen to music. I'm like, yeah, you know, like after school, I actually. Like, Even when you I'm say tired. you're tired, they're like, I've actually had someone say to me, Miss, we, we, we thought you'd like stayed here. I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> just things you know like, I mean? like, what? When they see you out, they're like, why are you outside? I'm like, yeah. Um, like, yeah, I don't just teach them from home. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a weird one. I'm not going to lie, it's, it's, not, it's not tougher with girls. It's just different. Like, I can still relate to them in a lot of things where we share common interests, but then in the same way that, for example, when you just said you were boys and you've got a, a button and down this like commotion, yeah. you know, that's obviously the case because they're boys and you're a girl. And it's the same with male and, with, you know, I'm in a girl's school, I'm a man. It's just, you have to be aware of certain things. Yeah. Um, aware about the way, you, the way you dress in the same way that girls, that, you know, you, you do around boys. And you know, don't ever put yourself in situations that <laughs> oh my you know, God, of course. Put, putting yourself in certain situations, try not to do that. And then, yeah, just, you know what? Teaching is not hard. A lot of it is just showing the kids that you're human. Mm. I think, I know you're talking about how do I find it with girls and boys, but as long as you show them that you're human and that, like, you know, you have, you, you, you can laugh, you can joke in the same way that yeah. they can laugh and joke. You can get things wrong in the same way that you're getting, mm. they're getting things wrong in. You know, you might say sometimes, you know, I'm tired today, girls. You know, let's just do something. Let's just do something a bit different. So it's yeah. like showing them. It's like showing them that there's not just one way to be as a person. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like a lot of people get into teaching that first year. They're trying so hard to get their behavior management down that they kind of just get this persona, and that persona isn't them. Yeah. And if you, and could you imagine? Like, we have to work our whole lives. Could you imagine having to go to work every day oh. and have a second personality? Like having these dual personalities it's, it's long so I feel like for me I'm just unapologetically me you know? yeah. and I think and I think the kids kind of feel that authenticity and I think that's why I've always found it really easy to get on with them and that's what the people that were my biggest role models as teachers that's what that's why they were my biggest role models because mm. they were just so unapologetically them like you know they just didn't care it was just them to, 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 to other staff to kids and it was kind of like, you know, they were strict and there was, there was a level of, you know, it was more respect rather than mm-hmm. trying to instill fear. 
And that's how I've always gone into my teaching. So because that's how I am, and you know me, I'm quite a laughy, joking person anyway. Yeah. I've always found it very easy. It doesn't really matter what gender it is really to get over the kids. Yeah. Sometimes I'm actually in my lessons cracking up and I've taught actually as little as year three now, like mm. being in an international school. And even like my young kids crack me up. Like they're just so confident because they they've got no filter. Yeah. I just love that. Like I just love the some of the things that I love in teaching is just like the off-topic conversations that you end up having. Or just <laughs> even like sometimes with me, like I'm so one minute I'm here, one minute I'm there. I'm like, oh actually we're not gonna do that now, everyone. Like, let's just move on. Like and just say no, you like when you're that's why sometimes I hate calling in sick because I just my classes when I'm there they know what they need to do mm. they know like they know the routine they kind of know how they need to leave the room I mean they do that anyway when you're not there but you know you just need like they they, they they're yours aren't they especially like you know they're yours for the whole year I couldn't mm. do the primary being with you all day love you everyone but it's just a uh, bit too much respect to shout school out teachers. to the primary shout out to all primary school teachers those are the real those are the real MVPs, I'm not going to lie. They are Prime, the real MVPs. You know MVPs what, primary, I just shout out to them because they're with them all day. <laughs> it's a lot. Every day. Like, that's, you probably see them even just as much as their own parents do. I think sometimes more. Yeah, I'm trying to like equal out the weekends and stuff like that, I but like... It. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a madness. They're the real MVPs. I don't, I, I don't know if I could do that, I'm not going to lie. No, I, I love I, my kids. I love I love all the kids I teach. Even the ones that you know sometimes they're not being the best versions of them. Yeah. There's always like there's always something you can find in kids that is amazing. That's what that's what I love about the job. Yeah. Like, even when they're behaving a bit dodgy some days. Because you know, I heard I heard something in my first year when I was a trainee teacher about there's no such thing as a bad kid, there's only bad behavior. Yeah, yes, on, yes. I've held on to that my whole teaching career. And because of that, I've never really had a kid that I don't like. Yeah, I know, I, you know, I've never really had a kid that I don't like. And even, like, the ones where, like, like especially, like, with my form, because we're on, like, Ramadan hours at the moment. Mm. So they can come, they come in from 8, and then they start lessons from, like, 8.25. We've mm. not even been doing the activities in form time this week. We're just having chats. Today we had a whole, like, 20-minute conversation on whether we should do A-level or IB, and that's even with some of my... I've got some really challenging boys in my form. But when you're actually with them, you can have some really good conversations. So when you're actually chatting, even with that, I'm not there like, oh, my God, I can't. Like, there's no one where I'm like, I can't stand. I feel like as teachers, we shouldn't be saying that about children because they're all people anyway, and they are developing you do hope in 10 years time like they've unlearned certain behavior and so they're human as well like i don't understand sometimes i feel like teachers expect kids to never make mistakes like yeah i don't make mistakes because i'm making kids mistakes are, every day like i'm sometimes i've had to redo some reports because i'm doing wrong gender i'm doing wrong no, but i'm saying even, i'm saying even in their behavior like yeah, you know, as an adult, I mean. you can wake up and have a bad day and just not be on it. You know, you don't really feel like cracking joke. You don't really feel like listening. You know, look at the, I always say this, look at the way teachers behave on the training day. Oh. On the, on, <laughs> if you can always think about it, how long does it take for people to get people quiet? Do people not talk over, talk in the back at 
I'm whispering, bust jokes. But so I'm always sitting there thinking, like, but you'll be the same teacher as losing it at, you know, whatever, at whatever kid for talking in your class. So, and then it's the whispering, it's the whispering, or um, it's the whispering and it's the rolling of the eyes in training day. You know, when they're just being like, you're, we're being asked to do the actual normal teacher stuff. You've got those other <laughs> teachers like, Gee, rolling eyes uh, there's one they, they used to be one man that in my last school where during training day he used to just sit on his phone he'd take pictures of other people just like he was a proper like cheeky lad like he would be yeah, the yeah. teacher in your classroom yeah so that's 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 all it is really like the kids are kids they're human they're allowed to you know have bad days they're allowed to have good days and you know and, and, and you can't expect them to be these robots that you deliver something and I expect you to have it like I expect you to take it like this and you know and I think all of that that we're discussing this is what that understanding of who kids are mm. and the, the more that you show them that that's what makes a good teacher you get what I mean that's that's what that's what we, when the kids feel that then you know they'll, 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 they'll move Martin they'll move heaven enough for you if you if they feel like you know you're on their side and you want the it's best true. for them just understand that you know you have expectations of them but you understand that when they don't meet those expectations that doesn't mean that they're bad people mm. and that if you can leave that at the door whatever day you, you meet them you know Monday you've had a bad day Tuesday you come in how you doing what's good you alright ready for today blah 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 you know come with fresh attitude no you know prior kind of feeling about how they've acted and yeah the kids will move heaven and earth they're great like that they're great they are. that's what I love about the job it's like, it's like what I love about, how I call it Miss Palmer's admin team, which is just like throughout every school I've worked at, it's just like a group of those kids who will, you know, they go to the store cupboard for you. They do my photocopying yeah. or they'll do my displays. They'll, you know, I actually, like we have um, a few students in our department who come to us on a Friday and they're like, do you guys need anything? Like, will we string guitars? We'll clean the pianos. And we're just like, all right, but I think it's, but then at the same time, when they need something, when they, they're like, oh, can you listen to this song for me? Can you listen mm. to that composition? We, we will do it. Like, it's just that respect straight away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My final question, though, for you, because yes. you said, you know, a lot about like you in the classroom or like how you are as a teacher, how, uh, like the qualities you have as a teacher, how do you bring that, or is there any of that that you have? in your like every day when I'm with my friends and I'm with my family, any of those qualities yeah. that you have? I'm not going to lie. I'm the same person. Like I'm the most consistent, I'm the most consistent <laughs> dude. Like the same way I laugh and bust joke with, the only difference between me at school and me, at, at, me outside of school is profanity. That's it. Like I just swear, I swear less. I say less inappropriate stuff. That, I, I, just don't, I just don't do that at school. But everything else about me is exactly the same. And like I said, like, that's what I felt like my role models. And mm. I can say that now for true, because I actually taught, my first school was actually also where I went to school. Yes. I, and, a lot, and a lot of the people I taught with, um, you know, a lot of my colleagues were my teachers when I was, when I was a kid. And knowing them as adults and knowing them as teachers, there wasn't that much difference by the swearing. Yeah. Literally, by the swearing and them telling me about how much they drink and all of that, they were the same person. And... That's what I've held true. So, like, you know, me, I'm the same. When I talk about the whole thing about mutual respect, you know, I'm, I'm like that. I'll, you know, I'll, I will do anything I can for the people I love, you know, because I know they'll do the same for me. No, it's that, true. That, that, that's the way I'm in the classroom. And the same with honesty. 
<laughs> you probably know me. As, as you know, <laughs> I keep it. I keep it all the way one hundred. You know what I mean? With, with my friends, um, probably to a fault, as they would say. Um, but I'm the same in school. You know, if the kids are not doing well, I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. You know, you, if you carry on like this, things are gonna go bad. But if you're, if, you're willing, if you're willing to do, if you're willing to put in the work, I promise you, I'm gonna be with you every step of the way. Exactly. You know, I, I have conversations with kids like that almost every day. Do you get what I mean? Um, because I normally give myself the most challenging classes. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same person. I'm pretty much the same person as I am outside of school as I'm in school. No, I think it's I think like teaching and the qualities I've developed even more so over the years that it's almost it kind of makes you like a better person because where you're not so like we're not dismissive like we can't be dismissive like we actually some people probably tell me I'm too patient with some people because they're like you're too patient but it's like actually like well yeah because we're you know when you've got that one student and I've had to sometimes actually sit with some students on a Saturday side by side and being like not going anywhere like I will take that oyster card like where I've actually like took their phones and I've had had it just for them to sit and type out work like if if I was like right I'm just going to give up then we've just given up like we've that, given but up that's, that's you though that's you you probably you probably always had a bit of that in you and I think yeah. the best you know it's, it's obviously it's, it's pretty obvious but the best sort of people make the best sort of teachers and those are the people that need to be the ones that are teaching the next generation of kids mm-hmm. before me if you're this is what I mean like before people go into teaching you just need to really think about what kind of person they are Mm. Are you willing to give up time that you're not necessarily paid for? Are you a dismissive person? Do you have no patience? Are you generally just rude? Do you know what I mean? Do you, do, do, are you easily annoyed? If that's not you, don't do the job. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because this is, this is like our next generation of people. And, you know, everything you are as a person, you don't deep it until like you've left. But all of those, all of the kind of ways that teachers were with you, they've developed your personality, not just your knowledge. Mm. So it's like, it's really essential that, you know, if you're if you're not that real personable person, don't step into the profession. Because I'd much rather you don't do it than to go in and then mess up a few, mess up some kids' life and self esteem and all of that. Do you get what I mean? They teach that here, just destroying kids' self esteem on a daily basis. And it's honestly, like, why are you here? Why are you here? Destroying kids' self esteem and other teachers' self esteem, but that's for another day. <laughs> like, yeah. no, it's not the sh- it's not a shade podcast today. It's not a shady episode. No, no, no. It's not about shade. I'm just saying. I, I'm, I, I was actually talking about when I was talking about throwing. Was that a self regulation? That, that was me. That was me being like, <laughs> <for a shade. laughs> be chilled, be chilled. and obviously one day when I'm your deputy head in charge of safeguarding and pastoral (laughs) it's just going to be fantastic yeah but I need to to see you tear into some kids as well because you know I'm you know (laughs) I'm all for being vulnerable and all for being like you know making the kids feel safe and all of that but sometimes kids need to be told listen (laughs) I can be scary do you know what I think even sometimes when some of my friends at work have seen me they're like oh my god because I'm only four foot eleven, but some of the scariest teachers I know are also the shortest because we got to, you know, we got to. Uh, uh, I think there's times I've probably been even more strict, and my kids know. Once I say no and I give them the look, there's they're just they're just like okay because even I you know sometimes we have um I have some of my kids when I say right groups of two to three, 
Yeah. Can't be working a five. I just said to <laughs> What have I just said? <laughs> Two to three. Okay. That's the answer. <laughs> the best teacher I ever met. Best teacher I ever met. And I worked with her for four years. And she was my art teacher, actually, in year seven and year 11 at my first school. Woman called Miss Wendo. By far the best teacher. She's just incredible. But she was like that. She's small. <laughs> and I remember she told me off one time when I was in year 11 because I wasn't the um, best of behaving kids when I was younger. And I was sitting down and she bent down towards me and she was like whispering. <laughs> but she whispered at me in a way, yeah, where I felt like she was, she was screaming. When I tell you, I was just sitting there, big, almost five foot 11 boy, just crying. <laughs> I don't even cry. I don't even cry. Whatever she did that day, she shut me down. Shut me down. So <laughs> I feel you on that one. And she, she's like that with every kid. Like she, It doesn't matter how big or small they are. She just got them on smash. Like, yeah, I'm not scared yeah, of, I'm scared the scared of height. Because everyone's taller than me. Everyone is taller than me. Even like when I see some yeah. of my year five, some of my, my year sixes, I'm looking at them now and I'm like, okay, like you lot are ready for year seven. Short, but you, but, you are there short. <laughs> no, the thing is... <laughs> I'm getting there, people. And like I said, when we do our next collab mm. in person, give me a few years to get into middle leadership. Then when I'm the deputy head, it's... It's, it's lit. Come through. Come through. I'll wait out. Because you know what? At the moment, I'm the only black person in my, in my school in senior leadership at the moment. There's, a, there's quite a few black people in middle leadership in my school, which is nice, actually. Um, but yeah, there, there definitely needs to be more of us, more of us, 150%. So, you know, as long as you've got the quality, Standard. you know, then, then, it's all, then it's all good. And I, I think, yeah, it's, it's really weird to be in a place like London. It's so multicultural, yet there's like not, there's not the, the, the leadership isn't multicultural. Like that is just, what? that in itself, I find that so mad. I've always found that sometimes when I've stepped into school, when I'd be at home, like I used, I've always taught in Brent, which is the yeah, yeah, yeah. Brent is diverse. Is Brent. diverse. Brent is diverse. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've always felt like I've not been taught in London when I'm in the in the school because I'm like, where where are we? Apart from the students, where are we? And then, like you know, when you get that one black teacher, then you're just like looking at them, like, come on. We're, we're gonna even be friends. We have to. <laughs> my horse or my fire. To, like literally, because it's it's mad out here. It's mad, but you know what? There's a lot. Of, what I would say is there are a lot of good non, you know, black people out there that are yeah. that are really willing to like. Like I, I think about the guy that's probably helped me the most in my career progression wise was a white was a white guy. You know mm. what I mean? Um, and he. He showed me how much, like, he, he gave, he had so much confidence in me before I even had confidence in myself. So, you know, I think it's important for the kids to see it, mm. but I don't think at us as black professionals, I don't think we necessarily need it to get to the place we want to get to because mm. there are a lot of good people that will show you love and push you, you know, in ways that, you know, it doesn't need to be a black person to do that. But the kid, for the kids, I think it's definitely essential. They, they need to see it. They, they need to see it. You know what I mean? Definitely. You can't, you, can't, you can't be what you can't see. No. It's been a beautiful conversation. We have to do part... We have to do another one. Yeah, definitely. Again. 
Thank you, Jermaine, for joining me today. Anytime, anytime. Listen, it's going to be, there's going to be another one next time because we have to, we've already off, before we started recording, we were speaking about another thing we're going to do, but we won't reveal it in here now. <laughs> yeah, keep that, 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 keep that